Most of you don't know, they recorded my voice for that song, so <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's Pastor Todd McVicker, much better voice. Hey, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Y'all good? Come on, Victory. It's good to see y'all. It's good to see everyone here today, and I want to say a special hello to our online community. Hey, can we thank everybody joining us online, YouTube and Facebook? What's up, family? <clears throat> well, it was a little nippy this morning. Hello. Little chilly. I loved it. Come on, bring it on. It's going to be so good. You know what tells me that the holidays are almost here? Can you believe it? It feels like yesterday that we were putting our Christmas decorations away. But here it is. And I just want to, just for Lisa and I and from our staff to your family, we just speak a blessing over you guys as you go into the holidays. And we're just praying, you know, they call it the most wonderful time of the year, but it can also be the craziest time of the year. But I just want to encourage all of us, and I'm speaking to myself big time, let's slow down and enjoy the holidays. Amen? As we go into Thanksgiving and then into Christmas, let's just slow down. Look at your neighbor and say, slow down. And let's, let's be intentional with our calendar and manage our time well. And come on, the reason I'm saying that is because God wants to do some special things in the holidays in your home, not just here at church, and with family. And I'm going to be, Lisa and I are going to be with family that some I don't see for a long time. And, and sometimes that can be hard and difficult and there's all kind of stuff. But we're even believing that God's going to do some healing over the holidays. Amen. Hello. And so we're just praying that you guys have a blessed Thanksgiving and Christmas as it is knocking at our door. But also I want to say this, big time for all of us here and for those who are watching online. Let's finish this year strong. Amen. You know, someone said a long time ago, it's a leadership principle, how you finish one thing is how you'll start the next. So how you finish one chapter of your life is how you'll start the next chapter. And so let's finish 2022 strong. Somebody say strong. And, you know, just give it all we got for the Lord. Slow it down. Enjoy the holidays and go into 2023 strong. And because a lot of times you go into the new year, you're collapsed. But if we can be intentional and live from a place of rest, and walk in peace. Come on, and be intentional with our calendars. I believe that God has great things for us, and we can really enjoy this season. Amen? Amen? Amen. Hey, listen, if you have your Bible, I'll ask you to turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. That'll be our main text today, but I'm going to be throwing some scripture at you, so get your notes ready, whatever that looks like, whether it's old school, write it on notepad or on your phone. And so we're going to go there together, and we're going to throw some scripture your way. But this is 11 a.m., and I know you can handle it. All right? So we're all students of the word, and we'll go in there together. Amen? So last Sunday, Pastor Johnson launched a, a new series, but a phenomenal message. And maybe if you missed it, I would encourage you to go watch it at connectedvictory.com. Or like myself, I watched it again because it was so good, I couldn't keep up. And so I, I watched it again. So that's, it's all there on ConnectedVictory.com. And here's the big idea that he talked about with the series and also last week's message. He said this, that storms, somebody say storms. Storms are here. Not, not that yet. Uh, storms are here. <laughs> and, and, but, and, and here's a sad thing. Worse storms are coming. Storms are here and worse storms are coming. But the only way, now on the screen, the only way we can stand firm. Somebody say stand. The only way we can stand firm in the storms of life is to be anchored in Jesus. The only way that we can stand firm in the storms of life is to be anchored to Jesus. Amen? 
And so the, we know the storm's going to come. It's not if, it's only when. Some of us, someone said this a long time ago, you're either going into a storm, you're in the middle of a storm, or you're on your way out of the storm. And so either way, wherever you are in life, or, or maybe you're in that peaceful season that you're not in a storm, praise God, enjoy it while you got it. But here's the deal, when the storms come, anchor yourself to Jesus and you will be able to stand firm. I'm curious in the room, has anyone ever been caught in a storm before, as in like a thunderstorm? All right, so we lived in Texas for seven years. Uh, I married a Texan, and uh, of course they say everything is bigger in Texas, that's what they say, that's what Lisa always says. But the thunderstorms are definitely bigger. I have seen some crazy thunderstorms, some hailstorms, if you can believe it, crazy hailstorms, like softball size. And, and icing storms. Now, I remember being in Texas, and you guys over in here at Atlanta, y'all had a little snowpocalypse going on. You remember that? And there were people I know at Victory that are friends now. I didn't know them then, but we were watching it from the news that people were stuck on 85 in the middle of all that craziness. And so I remember one time uh, being in Dallas, and Dallas is known for Tornado Alley. And so I remember we were hunkered down, we heard the sirens, we all jumped in, we all being me, Lisa, Allison, and Nicholas, Grant was not born yet, and the dog, and we all jumped in the bathtub. And I grabbed a mattress and threw it over us, and we were praying like crazy people that the Lord would protect us because everything turned, I don't know if you've ever seen that, just turned like purpley, like weird purpley green, all right, which just feels like puke to me. But anyway, it's just purpley with a green in it, and and the wind started just whistling, and it sounded like there was a train right outside our window. And we found out later, as we were praying, and I know other people probably in their homes were praying too, with a mattress over us, that the tornado jumped a couple of our streets in our neighborhood, literally, and destroyed a couple of streets just two streets down. And so, I don't understand all that, I hate that, but I know that we were caught in the middle of it, and we prayed like mad people. Come on, Jesus said, peace be still to the storm, hello? And I was saying, peace, 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 just, you know, all that in the name of Jesus. And then I remember a storm that I've encountered, maybe some of you, I'm probably a minority, I encountered when we were in Midland, Texas, which is all there is is a desert basically out there, the Midland, Odessa area, uh, Friday Night Lights, that's where that came from. And I was outside one day in the backyard and literally the sun just, it just kind of went out in a way and this orange brown darkness came over us. And I don't know if you know anything about me, but I'm a little bit of an animated freaker. And so I, I, I'm just like, what, what's going on? It's, it's the apocalypse. You know, I don't know what's happening. And I, and I look to my right and I see cars pulling in driveways, people running their homes. And there's this big wall of brown. I found out later it was a dirt. It was a dust storm. This huge wall coming to us, coming toward us. And I run in the house and I'm like, Lisa, Lisa. And she's on the couch, just sitting there at peace, just page on her magazine, just switching over. And I'm like, Lisa, Lisa, what, 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 what is this? And she's like, all that she said was this, it'll pass. And I'm, I'm freaking out. And then it gets like really dark, like black over us. And everything's kind of shaking. And then it just passes and everything was calm, but there was dirt everywhere. And we were sweeping up dirt for weeks. I felt like I had dirt in my teeth. You ever have that feeling going to the beach or something? For like a couple days. But here's the deal as we want to kind of dive in this today. 
is Lisa grew up in Texas, and she knew those little dirt devils. She had experience with those things, and she had a truth. She was anchored in a truth that the storm is going to pass, and it's going to be okay. She, she, had, she had experienced it. She had seen it from a little girl, and she's like, I'm freaking out, and she's like, it'll be okay. It's going to pass, and it will. And so here's my question to us today as we get ready to dive in. Who or what are you anchored to? Who or what are you anchored to? Pastor Johnson said like this. He said, if we're anchored to anything outside of God, we will be lost when the storms of life come crashing in. If we're anchored to anything outside of God, we will be lost. Somebody say lost. When the storms of life come crashing in. Let me say it to you like this. When everything is turbulence around us and everyone around you is freaking out and shaking in fear, can I tell you, we got to be a people that anchor ourselves to Jesus, who is our immovable rock. He's our immovable rock. Somebody say rock. We were singing about it earlier. And I want to quote from Psalm 62 too. It says this out of New King Jimmy. He says, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. Who's he? God. I shall not be greatly moved. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. Come on, say that last sentence with me. I shall not be greatly moved. Amen? Let's pray. We're going to dive right in. Holy Spirit, for these precious minutes, we just silence the noise of everything that would call our name. And we want to hear from you, not from a man, Lord. We want to hear from your word. Holy Spirit, would you help me speak? Thank you, Lord, for the people in this room at this hour and those who are watching us online. And thank you for what you want to say to all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. All right, James chapter 1. Are you there? James chapter 1. Let's look at it together, starting at verse 2. He says this, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kind. I want you to see, now, if you've grown up in church, you've heard this quoted many times, you've read it many times, but if you ever really thought about what James is saying here, it almost feels like James is on crack because like, what is he talking about? He's saying, I need to consider trials, and I hate it what it says here, many kinds, whenever you face trials. Trials of many kinds. Somebody say many kinds. I was even asked the Lord this, this weekend as I was studying, like, God, why does it have to be many? Could it just be one? But he says, and he doesn't say if, he says when. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance Finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not needing, not lacking anything. Look at this at verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, somebody say wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Come on, we serve a generous, gracious Father. He'll pour it out on you when you ask him for it. And so he says here in verse 6, but when you ask, you must believe. Somebody say believe. believe. And not doubt. 
Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Verse 7, the person, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. James is saying this, a storm will either destroy you or it will develop you. A storm, the storms of life, will either destroy you or it, de- it will develop you. And guess what? It's not up to God. It's up to us what we do in the midst of the storm. And today I want to talk to you about anchoring yourself to truth. Anchoring yourself to truth. We've got to be a people that anchor ourselves to truth, to God's truth, while we're going through the midst of the storm. Because it will destroy you or develop you. Now listen, James is writing to the church. He's writing to Christians who are being persecuted. James is one of my favorite books in the Bible. And at that time, they were going through a very, very difficult time where Roman law was like, kill the Christians. Get them up together and let's kill them. And so all that was going on. And he's telling them, can you imagine reading this letter wherever they were hiding, wherever they were running to, and they get this letter from James and he's like, count it all joy, my brethren. And they had to be like, what's going on with James? He's lost his marbles. But here's the deal. We got to make sure that we get God's perspective on the storms of life that we're going through. We got to recognize that there's something going on that we may not know what's going on. And we got to get God's perspective on the storm. And the way we get God's perspective is in God's word. James has not lost his mind. James is telling us that as you go through the storm, God's going to make you stronger. Let me put it to you like this. I'm stronger today, right here on the screen, I'm stronger today because of the troubles and the trials I went through yesterday. Some of you, right there with me, we've gone through storms. We, some of us are in the middle of storms, and many of us, most of us, will be in storms tomorrow, in the future. And I'm stronger today because of the trials and the troubles I went through yesterday. And so I've got to have a perspective shift And this opportunity, that as hard as it is, and sometimes painful, God, give me the strength to look at this storm with your eyes. And I'm going to count it joy, God, even though it's hard, even though I'm hurting, I'm going to count it joy because I know you're working in the midst of the storm. Amen? And he's working on me. He's working on you. So we have a choice to make when we're going through a stormy time. That we can whine and complain our way in the trial or the, whatever we're going through in the trouble, and try to get out of that storm or weaken by the grace of God. Lord, I praise you in the midst of the storm. I praise you, God, that you're working this out for my good. Father, I'm thanking you that I'm walking in your joy and your strength. Come on, somebody needs to hear this. The joy of the Lord is your strength. We need his joy. We need his strength. And so whatever we're going through, God, I'm not gonna give up And I'm not going to run. I'm not going to tuck tail and run. I'm not going to quit. By your grace and by your power, God, I'm going to grow through this storm. I'm not going to get out of it. I'm going to grow through it. And church, can I tell you, he wants to get us and he will get us to the other side. We just got to be people that anchor ourselves to him. Amen? James is telling us another way that we can go through the storm, the stormy trials. And it actually makes us stronger. And it's a verse I just read that most people like when you read it, like, why is verse five in there when he talks about wisdom? 
Because I don't know about you, church, but when I'm in a stormy situation or when Lisa and I are in a stormy situation or our family's going through a storm, I don't know about you, but I don't know what to do. And I need the wisdom of God. I, God, I, I, I don't know what to do. I, I can't see how we're gonna get out of this, but God does. And so God, I need your wisdom so I know how to navigate through this storm and I can get to the other side. So here's the deal. God not only has peace for you in the storm, but he also wants to give you wisdom. And then we would ask God, Lord, give me wisdom so I know how to navigate, so I know what to do, because I don't know what to do. We can get God's wisdom on what's happening in the storm. Amen? So we can walk in his peace. We can walk in his wisdom that he has for each and every one of us to get through that storm. If I'm going to stand strong in the storms, I need to get his wisdom. And listen, listen, church, I know we all know this, but we're going to really drill down on this and kind of really what do we believe in the room. Where do we find this precious wisdom from? We find it in the word of God. We find it in his word. Come on, the Bible. The B, come on, you vacation Bible school kids. The B-I-B-L-E. Because that's the book for me. We need the word. Somebody's like, what's the vacation Bible school? We'll talk about it later. But, but, but here's the deal. We find God's promises. We find God's truths. And we find his wisdom in the word of God. By the way, have you noticed the word of God is, and God himself is greatly under attack in America? But we need the word of God. The word of God is full of truth for our life. There's a truth in the word of God for every situation that all of us are going through in our lives. There's a promise in the word of God for every problem that I may encounter. We need the word of God. And so we've got to anchor ourselves to Jesus and to his word. Come on, we can stand on his promises because he's a God that cannot lie. Listen, man will fail you. Man's words will fail you, but God's, God and his word will never fail you. And we got to stand on that. But here's the deal. Do we really, really believe that? Do we believe that God's word, his promises are yes and amen? There are many people, let me put it to you like this. There are many people who think God's word is true sometimes, but not true all the time. There are many people, I would add, who even call themselves Christians, who think that God's word is true sometimes, but is not true all the time. And can I just tell you right now, God's word is true all the time. It's every, everything in there is truth, and it's for us today. God's word was written 2,000 years ago, but it's relevant to today. And the same Jesus that did miracles yesteryear, years and thousands of years ago, is the same Jesus today. Come on, his word says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word will never fail you. We fail at times. I fail at times. But God and his word will never fail us. And the enemy would love to plant thoughts in our minds, lies, that's what they are, that we begin to doubt God's word. And what did I just read about James? If you begin to doubt the word, you can be tossed around to and fro throughout the storms of life. 
So let's talk about this. 11 a.m., y'all still with me? Y'all good? So let's, let's get real for a moment. We're talking about the Word of God. This is why I'm going to throw some questions your way, and this is why we have to be people of the Word of God. Because there are genuine, crazy questions uh, that affect all of us. What does the Word say about it? Because the Word has an answer. How about this? When a loved one dies, how should I process that? The Word of God tells me how to do it. This, this next one was, was my life, and maybe many here in the room. When a kid rebels and runs away from God, what, what should we do as parents? The answers are in the Word of God. When I'm, when I'm given a bad report from the boss, like the job is over, or from a doctor about whatever diagnosis they give me, when I'm given a bad report, how should I respond to that? When I get off that phone call or I leave that office, the word has the answer for that. Let me, let me put it to you like this. When the nation, this is very relevant, what's going on in our world not right now, when the nation is arguing about things like abortion and transgenderism, how should I think about all that? It's in the word of God. When a financial collapse takes place around our world or a COVID like what we just went through two years ago and kind of coming out of it, when all that takes place, how should I proceed? Church, can I tell you, every answer we need to every question that you and I have is found in the word of God. That's why we gotta be a people that we anchor ourselves in God's word. We gotta anchor ourselves to get the wisdom that we need for the situation that we find ourselves in. I've had so many, I know I speak for everybody here, I've had so many frustrations about like, why didn't this work out? Why is this happening to us? Why this? Why that? Can I tell you what? Don't just leave your questions why falling to the ground. Take your questions and your frustrations to the word of God. Let God speak to you through his word. And let me tell you what, our God, our Father, he can handle my frustrations. He can handle how you feel about things. And he can handle our questions. And it's all found in his word. Every answer we need is found in the word of God. Let me say it to you like this. God's truth in the Bible gives us wisdom as an anchor to our soul. So, you know, when it comes to the Bible... America has had a rather complicated relationship with the Word of God. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know this, that there's a direct correlation between the removal of Bible and prayer in the 1960s from public school and the overall decline of morality in America today. Church, let me just say this. Um, I, I did a deep dive on this. I used to teach on this in college. And you would be, maybe not shocked, but you would be shocked to see the correlation of in 1962 and 1963 when prayer and the Word of God was removed from public schools because before then, the Bible was almost like a textbook. They would read from the Bible. They would pray in class, teachers, students, whatever. And constitutionally, that was removed from the public school system and literally from that year, 1963, I could go on and go on of the increase of violence and immorality and all tied to God and his word and prayer being removed from the public arena. 
things, decisions that have been made that are anti-God, anti-Bible, over the decades, we are reaping those effects today. Let me say it to you like this. When you remove God from any equation, it will create a domino effect that will cause an implosion. When you remove God from any equation, when you take him out of the situation, this is why we got to be people of the word. Because church, I hate to say it, but worse storms are coming. It's going to get darker. Like, Pastor, can you talk about something else? I, I don't like talking about it, and I don't like to think about it. But the word tells us, and this is why we need this love letter, this manual, this life manual that is the word of God. We've got to be people that are anchored in the word, or we're going to find ourselves drifting away from God ourselves deceived. Listen, let me speak to the singles in the room, the individual lives in the room. You cannot make it. If you remove God from your life, your life will crumble and fall away. To the marriages, if you remove God from your marriage, your marriage will crumble and implode. It will fall away. Families, business, I'm telling you, if you remove God from the equation, everything will crumble. This is why as a church... This is why as a church, we must be praying for our nation. We, our nation needs mercy. And the government is not going to solve the problem. I don't care who you just voted in. Jesus is the only, he's the only answer to our nation. I'm asking mercy for our nation now, and I'm asking mercy for my children and what they're going to grow up in if the Lord tarries. God, have mercy on this land. Have mercy on this nation. Because there's a lot of people they don't know what they believe. I want to give, I want to give you this, this graphic right here, and don't let it overwhelm you, even though it can be a little overwhelming. It's going to be back here behind me. And I'm going to read from the left to the right. This is from Barna and Pew Research. And it just gets worse as I read, but I want to give you a picture of the fabric of society today. Starting from my left to the right, 80% of U.S. adults believe in God. It's like, okay, all right, uh, that's, that's, you know, that's a good percentage, 20, we're concerned about 20%, but thank God, you know, believe in God, all right, but we need to get to Jesus. Here we go, 56% believe in God as described in the Bible. 66% of Christians, now look at this, 66% of Christians believe that all paths lead to heaven. Church, can I say, I know you know it, but I'm going to say it anyway, Jesus is the only way the truth, and the life. Jesus, there's one path to the Father, it's Jesus. You're like, Chris, that's your opinion. No, that's the word of God. My opinions don't matter. If my opinion doesn't match with the word of God, my opinion's wrong. The word of God is never wrong. The word of God is always true. Look at this. 43% of Christians believe Jesus was a good teacher, but he wasn't God. Over one half of U.S. adults agreed the Bible has everything a person needs to live a meaningful life. All right, that sounds good. But then in this, in this survey, but most adults don't read the Bible. And this is where it gets really alarming. 26% of Christians believe the Bible is helpful, but not literally true. 6% of Americans possess a biblical worldview. 
what, what is a worldview? That's basically the way I process and filter things and the way I see life. Is it going to be through the Word of God or is it going to be through humanism or whatever other things? So 6% of Americans possess a biblical worldview. And then finally, 2% of American parents with children under 13 have a biblical worldview. Church, do you see the drift? When you see these graphics, as alarming as they are, do you, do you see the danger of, of where we are and, and what's going on? I know this is not happy-go-lucky-like, but this is the reality of where we are today. And here's the thing about drifting. If we're not living in the Word of God and applying His truths to our lives, we ourselves are in danger of being deceived and slowly drifting away from Jesus. We got we to make sure that we live in the Word of God. Man, there's false gospels out there being preached. There's even false Jesuses out there. That Jesus is just love and you can do whatever you want because Jesus loves you. Well, let me just say, Jesus loves us, but we can't just do whatever we want. Jesus came with grace, but he also came with truth. And so we got to be careful what we're listening to, what we're watching. And because guess what? The world is constantly preaching to us all the time. And we got we to compare it to the word of God. What does the word of God say? What does the word of God say? When you hear something, take it through that filter of a biblical worldview. Well, what does God say about that? And if what you're hearing doesn't line up with the word of God, they're wrong. Because God is never wrong. Amen? And so we've got we've to anchor ourselves because here's the deal. If the anchor's not in the ship, the ship will drift and drift and drift. This thing that's going on in our nation right now and all that's going on and all that we see, this didn't happen overnight. This has happened for decades. Decades. A person doesn't one day just get up and say, I'm, 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 I'm done with God or I'm done with this marriage. Or I'm, It doesn't happen overnight. There's a slow drift away from God. The Bible tells us that in the last days, and personally I believe we're either entering the last days or we're right there in the thick of it. I don't know. That's God's business. All I know is I want to live every day for him. Amen? But the Bible says in the last days that if we're not careful, we will be deceived. It says many will depart from the faith. One of the many scriptures right here from Timothy, he says this. Now the Holy Spirit, Paul says, tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away, come on, say it with me, from the, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Now listen, I know everybody here is like, I ain't following no demon. I am not, can I tell you what? You don't realize you're deceived when you're deceived. And so we got to make sure, Chris has got to make sure, the Frith family, you put your name there. i got to make sure that my family is centered and living on the Word of God. i got to say this off the notes. Parents, start, if you don't, start reading the Bible over your children as young as they are. Get the Word in them. So one day when they become of the age and they realize and give their heart to Jesus, they make the word their own. They stand on the promises of God their own. They make the word in their hearts come alive and real on their own because they need it. 
Listen, I want to say this for all of us and for those who are watching online. Our prayer is for all of us that we will be standing firm to the very end. Amen? Amen. We will stand firm to the end. I I don't know what's coming besides what Scripture uh, shows us. And it can be a little scary, I know, just being honest. But my trust is in the one who will never leave us. My trust is in the one who's got our back. My trust is in the one that no matter what happens, God, I'm going to be with you. I'm with you today, and I'm going to be with you forever one day. You got me, you got mine, and I've got to anchor myself in the word of God so I don't drift away from you. Or ultimately, the Bible calls it a shipwrecked faith. So how do we do that? I want to give you three ways before we close. How do we, how do we anchor ourselves to truth? Number one, and you might not like this one. Number one, admit that we're blind. Got to admit that we're blind. I'm blind. There's this fascinating miracle um, that a lot of people, even if they didn't grow up in church, they know this story of Jesus healing the blind man with the dirt. You remember that? Like, he's got this guy, he's blind, been blind for years, and Jesus is with him. He kneels down, gets some dirt, spits on it, and then puts that mud on this guy's eyes. And of course, I mean, you can see the, the, what's going on here. We were made from dirt. And so he puts that dirt on his eyes, and the man's eyes are recreated. And I mean, he jumps up. He's, it's a miracle. He's seeing for the first time in his life, and he's dancing around telling everybody, just like you and I would be. Later, the religious leaders, who should have been dancing with him and rejoicing with him, they basically interrogate him and then throw him out of the synagogue. And that brings me to this scripture right here on Mac, uh, John chapter 9, and it says this. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? The man said, who is he? The man that was just healed. Tell me so that I believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. I love this picture. And he worshiped him. Verse 39, Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Verse 40, some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, what? Are we blind too? 41, Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. Church, we got to recognize and understand this, that our sinful nature, my sinful nature, especially before I asked Jesus into my heart to be my Lord and Savior, I was blind. I was blind. Think of the lyrics of Amazing Grace. I was lost, but now I'm fine, found. I was blind. Come on, say it with me. But now I can, I can see. With Jesus, we can actually see. We can see. We can see that I'm a wretch without him. I'm, I'm nothing without him. But with him, I can do all things. And with him, I, I am somebody in him. In him, we live and we move and we have our very being. Amen? And so we've got to recognize and understand that the world is full of people who think they can see, but they're blind. And what does the Bible say? It's the blind leading the blind. Isaiah talks about it. He says this in Isaiah 5, just two verses. 
Woe to those who call evil good. Boy, this is a picture of society right now. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise. Look at this language here. Woe to those who are wise and clever in their own sight. Hey, listen, our first step in anchoring to a truth, uh, anchoring ourselves to truth is admitting that we're blind, that we can't see. And again, like I said, when you become a Christian, just like Paul, the scales are removed and you can see clearly that you have a savior named Jesus. Listen, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We need him. We left to myself, come on. We're, we, just, we see things and we, we base what we believe on experience. We base what we believe on, on, on the things that we hear from others. We base what we believe on all the stuff that goes on. But we gotta be a people that we base what we believe on the word of God. And Jesus helps us see what's really going on. That needs to be a prayer in our life daily. God, help me see the way things you see. Help me look on people the way you look on people. And we gotta be so careful, even as Christians, if you get away from the word of God, have you noticed that your discernment gets a little iffy? Your spiritual senses become a little dull? What does the Bible say about his word? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word helps us see. So what do we do to anchor ourselves to truth? Number one, we admit that we are blind. Number two, we gotta believe. Somebody say believe. We gotta believe that the Bible is truth. Church, listen, in order to anchor ourselves in the truth of God's word, we gotta settle once and for all that God's word is really true. That it's true. That we really believe it. God, your word is true. I'm gonna stand on it. You know the verse, but it says all Scripture, from uh, 2 Timothy 3, all Scripture is inspired. Somebody say all. all. All Scripture is inspired by God. And it's useful to teach us, say it with me, what is, and to make us realize what is wrong in our life. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what to, to do what is right. God uses it, what is it, the Word of God, to prepare and equip His people to do everything good work. All scriptures inspired. Not some, all. Somebody say all. all. And we're not, we're not talking about, we're not cherry picking to kind of back up what we want to think we want to believe. No, we want to back our, our lives on all of the scripture. We want to be a people of context. We want to people, be a people that study the word of God, that research the word of God, and that stand on the word of God. Why? Because all of Scripture is God's truth. Amen? Let me, let me say it to you like this. Jesus said this prayer to his Father in John 17, right here on the screen. He said, now I'm coming to you. I can hear him. Dad, I'm coming home. I'm coming to you. I told them, who's them, the disciples, many things while I was with them in this world. So they would be filled with, say it with me, so they would be filled with my I have given them, this is Jesus, I have given them your word. And the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. Can I tell you, the, the hate's just going to get greater. 
just as I do not belong to the world. Verse 15, I'm not asking you, Father, to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. And I love this final verse. Make them holy. Somebody say holy. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word. Come on, say it with me. Which is truth. That's Jesus talking about the word of God. It's true. So number one, admit that we're blind. This is how we anchor ourselves to truth. Believe the Bible is truth. Once and for all, the word of God is truth. And number three, finally, we got to construct our life or build our life. We were singing about it earlier on God's truth. You know, the, the talk shows back in the day when I was growing up, they were super popular. Today, we've got, you know, Oprah still and Dr. Phil and, and others, Tony Robbins. And a lot of people bank decision-making on people like that. But can I tell you, man and their quote-unquote wise words, there's nothing in comparison to the word of God. Man's wise words will vanish over time. Man will change. Man will die. God's word remains the same. God's word endures forever. People change and die, but the word of God will never change and never die. We bank ourselves on that word. We live on the word. Man will come and go. Man will say all kinds of crazy things, but we live on the word of God. Amen? This is what it says in 1 Peter 1. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. Come on, say it with me. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Amen? Listen, God, through his word, he teaches us how to walk out this life. His word teaches me and you how to make wise decisions. Oh my gosh, we need wisdom today. Wise as serpents and harmless as doves. We need to be wise. His word teaches us how to walk out this life single, married, and with children. His word helps us and guides us how to manage his money and be good stewards of what he's entrusted to our care from our kids to our homes to everything we have. It's all there. His word teaches us and gives us finality about our identity and our sexuality. It's all there in the word of God. His word teaches us how to walk in peace and how to live from a place of rest and not stress. His word is there for us. It teaches us, most importantly, how to come to know Jesus, how to be saved, and how to worship him, not in 22 minutes on a Sunday with a bunch of awesome people in the room, but how to worship him with your life Monday through Saturday. It's all in the word of God. And here's what I've learned through my own stories of what I've gone through. That I can bring everything to Jesus. I can bring everything to his word. I'll just speak some things over us in this last moment here. Whatever we're going through in the room, whatever situations you may find yourselves in, whatever hurts you may have towards someone, can I tell you, we can bring all that to Jesus. 
And we can bring all that to his word. And let his word speak to us. I, can, I said this earlier, I can bring my feelings to God's word and get clarity and healing at the same time. Anybody ever been confused before? Hello. God can give you clarity and remove the confusion. I don't know about you, but many times when I read the word, I'm a morning guy. But whenever you read the word, many times I can't even get out of a few verses. He just keeps me there. Anybody been there before? Like, I can't even, some of you, you can't leave that chapter. God's just speaking to you. And you read it again the next day, and it's like you see something new and fresh that's speaking to your life today. The Word of God still speaks to our life today. I can, I can bring my opinions, and I know we're all full of them, about everything. I can bring my opinions to Jesus and His Word. And I can get truth. And if my opinion doesn't line up with His Word, I'm going to drop my opinion and I'm going to embrace his truth about whatever the situation is. And finally, I can bring the storms that I'm going through, that you're going through. We can bring that to Jesus, to his word, and we can get wisdom and peace and how to navigate through the storms we find ourselves in. I know I threw a lot at you this, this morning. And number one, I do believe you can handle it. But also I'll say this. How do we do this? How do we walk out what we've heard? We build our life on the word of God. We, we anchor ourselves to Jesus and to his word. We hide his word in our heart. Come on, that we would not sin against him. We are people of God and people of God are people of the word, amen? And I wanna say for some of you, you, you may have, it may have been a while since you've been in the Word. You, you may have read a Bible a long time ago and just didn't understand it and never picked it back up. I want to encourage you today, and this has been our prayer all across all campuses, that all of us would dive into the Word of God like never before. We don't need to wait for the storms to come. We need to get into the Word now. We're surrounded by storms. Maybe many of you in the room, you're going through a dark storm. Be a man or a woman of the word of God. Let him speak to you. Let him minister to you as he whispers to you through his word. And let us be a people. God help us anchor ourselves in Jesus and his word. Amen. Let's pray together. First, for just all of us in the room. Father, we want to forgive you. Lord, forgive us, excuse me. Forgive us, forgive me, God, of just not living in your word like we should, for wandering away from the word, for being lackadaisical with it. I'll, I'll get to it. I'll, I'll do it later. Father, we know that you're not a legalistic God, but you gave us your word so we could live this life in victory. You gave us the word, which is a sword, because a life is a battle and we need your words. We need this love letter, God, from Genesis to Revelation, that we need to build our life on your word. So help us, God, as a people, come back to your word. God, we, we repent of, of any compromise in our lives where maybe things that we believe or have said that they go against your word. God, bring us back in alignment with your word. Bring our lives back in alignment 
with your word. Let us be people, individuals, couples, and family who are anchored to the word of God. Maybe you're in the room today and just in this moment, maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've known him, but you're away from him. Maybe you're here and you haven't been building your life on Jesus, but you know, I, I gotta get this right. I gotta get my life right. I gotta, get, I gotta get my family right. It all starts and ends with Jesus. And so if you're here today in the room and you've been running your life your way, doing life your way and everything else all around you, but today you wanna say, today I need to surrender my heart to Jesus. If that's you, just right where you're seated, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. Today, I need to give my heart to Jesus. Yeah, God sees your heart. God sees your heart. All across the room, yeah, God sees your heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Today, I need to begin to build my life on Jesus. Today, I need to begin to surrender my life to Jesus and make him king of my heart. Anybody else? Yeah, God sees your heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Can we all just pray this prayer together? Many hands, but let's all together in the room pray. And for those who are online, say, Dear Jesus, I believe that you came to earth, that you lived a life, that you died on the cross, and that you defeated death by rising from the grave. And today, Come on, say it like you mean it. Today, I surrender my life and my heart into your hands. I repent of running my life my way. And I come back to you now. And I make you Lord and King of my heart. Jesus, you are my God. I center my life around you and your word. Help me be all that you call me to be. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Come on, can we thank Jesus right now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we stand together?